Welcome back to the fourth episode of Gagigadoda. Let's talk. What's going on, Grace? Uh, fourth episode, and nothing much. Just you know, homework, getting ready for the week, and in midterms now. So it's really crunch time, going into you know the end of mm-hmm. second quarter, about to hit that halftime. It's so <laughs> really weird, just, you guys do quarters. Well, no, we, we do semesters. But I just feel like oh. that's what we're at now is like getting oh, that halftime I- midterms down maybe four. But. You're down four. <laughs> down four. With, with 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 two quarters left. I always get mixed up because at Denver you you went um you had trimesters, right? Yeah, we had trimesters and that was three ten week semesters basically. That's so weird. Anyway. It was so <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Going into the fourth episode here, Serena had this plan to kind of just talk about um, just kind of the hoop journey that I've had and get into depth about, you know, how I felt about things and just the the roles that I kind of play within the Native community. And I thought it was a great idea because I've been getting asked a lot of questions and I'm always, you know, messaged by people wondering, like, what senior season, what I expect. And I think it'd be kind of cool just to talk about, you know, what people don't hear, what people don't know. Right. So. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's um you've done so many interviews that it would be it's I feel like it's kind of cool that we can do more of an intimate one that, you know, is more on your terms kind of in your space, um comfortability levels there where it's not like you're like on the fly after a game all sweaty and smelly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. True. <laughs> but um but yeah, no, I think Grace is known on a national level in Indian country. She's not just known in Red Lake or in Cass Lake or White Earth or Sisseton. Like Grace is known across the United States and Canada for hooping. And she's been known for years. And so I think sometimes I forget how remarkable she is in in that she has accomplished so much at 21 years old that many strive to do, but you know, circumstances come up and I think that it makes it almost more of a crazy story just from my perspective because I've watched her trip and fall 18,000 times to get to being a senior year uh, getting to be a senior at Valparaiso University now so um, I just wanted to you know give you props because you're Grace White and you are somebody that people look up to on a basketball level, on an educational level, on a you made history level, um, all types of leadership roles. I think that you 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 have so many little girls and little boys that just look up to you so much and want to be like you that um, it's a really special story. And I'm really glad that we can take an episode and just dedicate it to the true hoop dreams of Red Lake. So, oh, um, thank you. Thanks for the. That just really made me feel real good. I haven't really. You know, my dad and stuff, my mom and stuff would tell me they're proud of me, but like hearing, just hearing about what I do and what I've done and been able to do and touch people's lives just just makes me feel a lot better. You know, I definitely needed to just hear that. And I think this mm-hmm. is a really good conversation that we'll have and being, like you said, intimate about it. I'm really excited. For sure. So as a former basketball player for the lady warrior team but also as your aunt i have had interest in watching your road but because i'm your aunt i've actually had a front hand seat in like 
driving you to the airport, watching you cry, watching you have the hardest days, watching you do all of these things and having to, you know, help you in certain ways with either emotionally or physically, whatever those things are. But regardless, it's still crazy to me that in 2017, you were the first athlete, male or female, in Red Lake School history to go from high school and to play in a Division I realm. Like, when you were a kid, was it your ultimate, when you first started playing basketball, was it your ultimate dream to go Division One, Or when you started playing, like, what were your expectations? Well, I really started getting serious about basketball in about seventh grade. And my dad constantly had college games on, so we're watching Duke all the time. Like, that was his team, the Los Angeles Lakers, constantly watching Kobe and UConn. I really started getting to watch Maya Moore and, you know, Tarasi and watch these college games, Skylar Diggins. And then all of a sudden, Shoney and Jude got big, and they were at Louisville, and they, you know, got to the finals, and it was serious, and they ended up coming to the school. And they came – Held, hosted a camp and they brought their family, went through some drills and stuff. And I remember going through these shooting drills and they're like, oh, this girl can shoot. And I start listening to their story and um, they left their reservation and played on a different team and for a different school so that, you know, they could get exposure and go to Division One because a lot of teams, when you go to a higher um, school, whatever, right. like, Mm-hmm. Ours was like Hopkins and many, you know, all those higher schools in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of the exposure comes from is, you know, winning state titles and stuff. And even in my, you know, senior year of high school, we have never made it to the state tournament. It was pretty hard to get any type of exposure through just our little 1A team up north. And so I start watching these teams and I got more and more interested after Shoney and Jude came and I said, you know, if they can do that, they can be on TV. I can do that. I don't know how. I don't even know the process. I don't even know. I don't really know what it means. You know, I was learning more about college and it's always been an expectation as we talked about before, but I had no idea the levels of basketball really. As right. I start getting more into it in seventh grade, I start knowing like, oh, this is division one. This is ACC. Um, this is big 10, et cetera. So I really got into my ultimate goal, of course, was UConn. That was like, I remember training in the gym and I'd be running these sprints and my dad had me do this box out drill and this defensive drill. And then we're sprinting and I was full of sweat and he had me sprint up to half court, shuffle across, sprint back up, zigzag down, you know, all these different sprints. And he's like, UConn's calling, Notre Dame's calling, Minnesota's calling, like, you know, work, work, work. And that's when I really got serious about it was, you know, it started becoming an actual, at first it was a dream, you know, and then it got to become a goal and just the, the ability to play at the platform that I do and, or mm-hmm. build the platform that I do and play at the level that I'm at is crazy because, you know, and then I started wanting to be a gopher. And I remember you making these signs when you were really into Lindsey Whalen and I started watching the U play. And they're, you know, the Minnesota home team. And you said, you know, 24 is going to go to you. And those are my signs in middle school. I started thinking, this could actually happen. This is my way out. You know, like we've talked about, I think, in the friendship 
episode that, you know, my friends were starting to take different paths and, you know, there's a lot of negative outcomes with some of the roads that my friends were going down, which Mm -hmm. I just wasn't going to take. And I got more involved with my dad's basketball team and my friends were just boys and we just go to the gym, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's what I started to do is just grind in the gym and grind in the gym. And I started getting these crazy numbers, like double doubles all the time when I was in seventh, ending my seventh grade year into my eighth grade year. I remember even my brother was like, yeah, D1 bound. Like he had a tweet and he posted my stats and he's like D1 bound. And after that, like I said, it just became more of a goal than a dream to me to go to mm-hmm. Vision One. So it was kind of happening at a slow pace, but it was a lot of different aspects of influence from your dad, who, by the way, if you guys don't know her dad, if you're listening from Valparaiso or Bemidji State, wherever you're listening to, her dad led the Red Lake boys basketball team to state four years in a row. Four years in a row. Like, that's, like, crazy. Like, that's, like, a Coach K-level um, stuff. So, I mean, it's it's not – so it's kind of in Grace's blood, but it's also, like – um having her dad what a better setup that you could have had like I I just can't even when I think back on it I'm like holy man you had like you had your own coach K you know in those Mm -hmm. atmospheres of being in the gym and being at all these places and um so a lot of people don't know I mean some people do of course I mean they would assume you but you've been playing um AAU since seventh grade and when you were playing AU in high school, like before you were recruited, before Denver and all of these other schools were coming up to you. Cause I remember being, I think it's at the Hopkins gym. No, I was in Bloomington. Remember when you had all your AAU tournaments in like 11th grade, what maybe 10th, yeah. 11th grade. And I knew that there were like coaches coming in, but before that happened in your AAU career, did you expect to get recruited division one or did you like what's going through grace's process like before offers and coaches are like talking to you right well i remember i start getting calls for au teams and i had this little team that i went to in grand rapids it was like the one of the lowest uh leagues you could play for au and this was really my startup i was with the grand rapids head coach which he was phenomenal he had the Alex uh, kid that went to Wisconsin that went to Division One, and you know he would talk to me and he started drawing up plays for me and I started learning this offense, etc. And he started talking about you know what do you really want to do here? He's like I love you on my program, but I think we can get you on these better programs, uh, the Comets, North Tartan, etc. And he started giving me out names and I t- really didn't know what AU was. I didn't have a clue. So I started on this little team in, I think it was sixth and seventh grade or seventh grade. I started getting serious, started playing on that team for a year. And then eighth grade, I switched teams to a Minneapolis team. And I remember my first game, I was so beat up. I remember telling my dad, I don't know if I want to play this. Like it was so hard. I was out of shape. I was so tired. Mm -hmm. The falls, the intensity were a million times harder than anything I've ever played before. And mm-hmm. I had to go get Nike compression shorts after that with the pads on it. Like mm-hmm. I was so beat up and I didn't, after that, more and more doors start opening for AU teams, more teams start sending me mail to come and try out for their team. And 
I got connected with the Minnesota Stars coach, Bruce Bravich. He's incredible. He's amazing. Great coach. My guy, Bruce. Yeah. That's when um, <laughs> we really got, I really got into AU and that's when all the tournaments start going crazy and recruiting started to get huge. I miss that team. Genuinely. I really like the Minnesota stars. I really love the family aspect that your coach had with you. And then, uh, Nikki and what's the other one's name that you were close. Matea. That was like, I just always have those memories going back to like Matea and Nikki. And it's just, it was such a good team, but yeah, that was a great team. I had like Miranda the last year and it was so much fun with all those girls. Really? So much fun. I know. Those sometimes a lot of friendships. I, right. Sometimes I think back on like fond memories of like watching you like rise to what you became your senior year and then into college. It's like I always think about how fun it was getting up early on Saturdays and going and being in the gym all day with the Minnesota Stars team. And just like that was just our Saturdays, you know, in the summer. And it was like, yeah, you'd come stay with me. And then we'd, you know, we'd go over to Bloomington. I don't think you really played in Hopkins too much, but. Yeah, anyway, that was, I mean, even for me, man, that was some fun times, some really, you know, they were all like division, at least division, small D1 schools, all of them, all, mm-hmm. everybody played against. It was all yeah. high intensity level. And they all went to huge, they've all been to the state tournament. Like that was always so new to hear like, right. oh, my team's probably going to go back or, you know, all this. And I'm yeah. like, wow, that's incredible. Like and some of them had gone. rings and I've yeah. never went. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, because I suppose you didn't play AAU your senior year at all, so they didn't, you didn't even have that chance to. Because Grace went to uh, the state uh, high school tournament her senior year, mm-hmm. right? You didn't go. Yeah. Did you go your eleventh grade year? No, we fell short. No. Just barely, though, right? Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. So, <laughs> so now. I don't even remember your eleventh grade like um, state high school. I don't know why I don't. I think because. The game to get to state your senior year, I think I literally lost my voice that night. I was cheering so loud. Like, it and was like. You were driving back and forth to Minneapolis <laughs> for every game. <laughs> like, you're ridiculous. Oh my God. Me and your uncle. Yeah, that was next yeah, you level. Guys I was. It. I don't even know why. No, I'm just kidding. Whatever. <laughs> no, but um, so now you've played AAU. Denver is the move. It's your senior year, the beginning of your senior year. You know, you, you fly home from Denver and you come into my house and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm committing. And I was just like, all right, this is it. So then push forward a month and you have your letter of intent signing at the Red Lake High School Gymnasium, you know, and the mic gets turned to you, like with all of us in the gymnasium. What are you feeling at that moment? When I think back to it, I did not know I was going to be giving a speech. First of all, I was rattled. Um, <laughs> and this is when I started. I think that was the first speech I've ever gave. And I was so emotional that day. You know, this was one of the biggest days for Red Lake basketball, just mm-hmm. in history, for our reservation, for native hoops. And I remember looking at the table and it was my dad, me, my mom and my sister. Mm -hmm. And I just kept thinking about my brother. Mm -hmm. Because it was so raw. It was just a moment where I just know how proud he was of me. And I was so emotional that day. Mm -hmm. And I remember just like having the whole gym like packed and all these news like reporters around and I got interviewed before and after. 
And I woke up late that day. Like, I remember I was so <laughs> nervous to get in front of the gym. Yeah. I woke up late. I threw leggings on and a shirt. Like, I did not do anything to my hair. <laughs> did and you put makeup on that day? I no. didn't. No. <laughs> I threw some beaded earrings on. Always. And, um, I remember after signing it, I was just like, that's crazy. Like, I just made history. Like, in this gym. And I was mm-hmm. so grateful for everybody that came and the support like you guys were a part of this, you know, and just to be able to do that for my community was just crazy. And Peggy Nelson, she passed away from cancer, had set that whole thing up for me. You know, she mm-hmm. was a she was a teacher that didn't come from the res. Um, mm-hmm. She was white. She loved her students and loved the Red Lake community. And she mm-hmm. set the whole thing up for me. She got a cake. She got these balloons. Um, she invited the whole community and, you know, just shout out to her props to her for that because she made that a huge deal when I didn't realize how big of a deal it was. Mm -hmm. And it was an incredible feeling. I was kind of in shock. Yeah. Yeah. We love you forever, Peggy. That, that, that's just, that's family. You know, I just think of all the time she was there for, um, all of us, you know, throughout so many different things. And she was actually at the school when, my older brothers were in school. So, I mean, she was there for, you know, a, a long time and she just became family to so many of us on the res, probably a lot of people listening, but um, yeah. So you sign your letter of intent, your, you have a whole gymnasium filled and then you go on the craziest senior year run that the Red Lake High School um, Lady Warriors program has ever seen in its history. That's crazy. You go yeah. on. And what was your record that year? Uh, we were. I think we lost three games. I want to say maybe four tops. And that year, so my junior year, I really thought we were going to go to state, and this was the year freshly after losing my brother. And senior year, you know, I really buckled down. I was like, "This has to happen." Right. You know, we got to the playoffs, and I was getting double teamed. I my team wasn't very confident when we got into the playoffs and every year we were just so close scratching the surface scratching mm-hmm. the surface getting you know more and more just almost there every time and my senior year I'm like you know what if we're going to do this we're going to do this as a team these they're not going to be able to come in and double team me because I'm going to trust all my teammates to hit that shot when I get it to them or you know what we're going to do is we're going to really work as a team and I'm going to work with my coach and we had great conversations in our timeouts and just getting strategic about going to state was crazy. Like that building, when we were cutting the nets down to go to state Mm -hmm. for the first time in Lady Ogeechee dog history was just incredible. It was incredible. I know. Mamba mentality. I remember just even coming back from the, the gym and we just had a whole entire lineup of cars and fireworks and, it was just a huge celebration because it was the, you know, basketball really brings Red Lake people together and Mm -hmm. to be a part of it and to just help be a face of that is just a blessing. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, now that we're talking about it, I actually want to watch that game at the Ralph and Thief River, that last game. Like, cause it was a really good game actually. Like you actually had, it was like, it wasn't a blowout. 
it was neck and neck the whole game. I feel like I, at least for me, I, maybe I was just like nervous, like, Oh my God, you know, like, you know, mm-hmm. me and like anti-mode in that moment. But, um, I, Oh yeah. Somebody recently said, Oh, you're Grace White's aunt. They were like, she was on the Wheaties box. And I was like, Oh, oh yeah, my God. You were on the Wheaties yeah. box. And we remember we had dinner. Was it your mom, your dad? Mm-hmm. You invited me. With the company. Yeah. With with General Mills. We had an official dinner with General Mills. It was your mom, your dad, you, and then I got to take along because I think it was like on Valentine's Day and my birthday was the next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We went down. Yeah. I thought about that. That is yeah, crazy. Whenever we went people to the ask me. Yeah, we did. We went to the game. Mm-hmm. Whenever um, people ask me, like, tell two truths and a lie or like three truths and a lie i'm always like i was on a wheaties <laughs> box they always think that's a lie i'm like no yeah, i really was <laughs> yeah. yeah that was all thanks to peggy nelson she set all that up and she just um that's one of the things that actually a lot of people bring up to me all the time is that oh grace white on the weedy box and I was like, I'm always thinking to myself, oh, that was like a dinner we had, you know, in Minia, you know, I think of it more as like family moment, right? But like, no, a lot of people bought the Wheaties box and like kept it and took pictures of it and stuff. But mm-hmm. no, that was a really monumental part of your, uh, that was before you went to state even. So there was a lot of really dope things happening your senior year that were just like so like historic and um yeah, that's it. I'm just I'm reliving a bunch of memories right yeah, now. Yeah, me crazy. too. They're flowing. That was a great year. That was, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> I know. I actually I was just really happy just that whole year because I was like, man, finally she gets to like have that, you know, have like a like that positivity in her life and have those moments where like we can celebrate and be happy and have things just like chill and be good. Um Yeah. But yeah, so you so you started getting national attention across Indian country. And since then you've like become a figurehead for many people alongside people like Shoni Schimmel and Jude Schimmel. Um and you and then you come back to the reservoir summer from school and you put on these free basketball camps with young girls and young boys and um they just admire you so much and look up to you and want to be grace white they want to be like grace white like i think one of the kids at your camp what a year ago or this past year were like what do you want to be when you're older and they were like i want to be grace white and Mm -hmm. so do you feel like a sense of responsibility to not just red lake but to like larger indian country to you know, in those moments where you're playing for Denver, you're playing for Valparaiso, are you not just thinking about, like, your home community, but are you thinking about, like, larger Indian country? Oh, for sure. I definitely think about just all the Native girls who have this dream of going to Vision One or have these dreams of leaving their community and doing bigger things, you know, and this has really helped me. Being a Division One player has helped me gain this platform that I'm able to now talk to students. I'm able to talk to these kids and just give them hope in a way, you know, like these camps that I run um, are real important to me because I'm able to kind of get the kids to think outside the box and create dreams and goals for themselves that because they don't see it happen, they don't think it's possible. You know, it's not even a thought really in their head that they're able to do these things if they don't see it ever done. 
and yeah, just being I like agree. this Division One, you know, native basketball player from the res and being able to go back to the res and then talk to them about it and share these experiences of being in the outside world and the kids really never leave the res. You know, I notice more and more kids are more sheltered off, especially within this pandemic. The summer was the most eye-opening for me. And I really shifted the way that we kind of did the program within, Mm -hmm. like I think we talked about in a different episode where, you know, these kids' biggest goal is to go to Minneapolis. You know, that's one of their places they want to travel to Mm -hmm. and go see, and that's four hours away. You know, And you help them. You help them extend their vision of Mm -hmm. what they could accomplish in their lives and where they could go because they get to every summer or, you know, not just every summer having a basketball camp with you, but to see a figurehead like Grace White and to think, dang, if I wanted to go to the University of Denver, I could go to the University of Denver, Mm -hmm. right? So you're extending not just being a division one athlete and what that means, but you're also planting the seed of like, go put us on the map next then. Like, let me watch you do Mm -hmm. it. Like, let me pave that this way for young women and let, and come and follow me and come do it again. Like, you know, let's, let's, let's do it again. So it's, it's really, it's really crazy. One of the hardest part of, of like reaching these kids is, the traumatic experiences they day in and day out struggle with, you know, Mm -hmm. family members dying, drugs, uh, poverty level, you know, you name it. There's all these different traumas and, you know, people don't really know. People think like, oh, you, you have this great life. You, I do, I do have a great life, but what I've gone through is still hard adversity And a lot of people think like, oh, she's fine. She's good. You know, she lost her brother, but, you know, that's the only challenge she's really had, Mm -hmm. et cetera. When that's not the truth, you know, that's really not like, you know, personally, just from being with me through it all, that that's not, that might've been the hardest struggle. And that this still today is the hardest thing I've ever gone through is losing him. But through the way, like through this long journey of getting to where I am, there's been so many obstacles and home life and family and just all the challenges a native kid faces makes it even harder. But I just want to be a voice that people know, like no matter what you go through, no matter what incidences and obstacles that there is being a native kid, like you can still do it. You can still, you know, devote yourself to something, be a lawyer, be a doctor, be a nurse, go to school, Go get your four-year degree, like open up some doors for yourself and really better your own life because there's really nothing that you can do with what you're handed, you know, family Mm -hmm. life, home life. There's nothing that you can really do to change that until you're old enough to create your own life. And Mm -hmm. just being able to give kids those ideas of what that can be for them is just, you know, most important. Yeah. I think that a lot of times people don't realize the the stacked levels of implications that go into when a native kid from the res is like, I want to be a division one athlete. Well, then it's like, how are you going to get exposure? How are you going to go to AAU? Who's going to fund that? Oh, grandma's sick. We got, we got to pay, you know, that extra money for Mm -hmm. insulin because you know, in the United States it's so freaking expensive here. So it's like, it's not just, I have a dream, right? It's like all of these extra things that, 
come into account. And I think that you are that testimony of that you can get shoved down and shoved down and shoved down and shoved down, but you get up that 10th time and man, you could be signing your letter of intent and do that. So that leads me to my last question. Um, so what, what does Grace White envision for the next chapter? You're a senior at Valparaiso University. It's your last year. We've come full circle. Um, depending on what your season looks like. I know you you guys are probably iffy. We don't really know what's going to happen, but what do you want to do in the next chapter? Have you envisioned anything specific you want to grind towards or a, a new chapter you want to go down? Or Yeah, it's pretty crazy wrapping it up because this is all I've really known, you know, is being this college athlete or being this basketball player. And I really just want to be able to continue to build my platform and hopefully get into motivational speaking and going to these different communities, native communities, different schools, and being able to talk to kids, hopefully get involved with native tournaments. Um, I really wanted to as a stretch, but getting involved with Nike and Seven, they're a native branch out of Nike. So I wanted to look on what it takes to be an ambassador for them. Uh, basketball career rise, I'm still thinking about going overseas. Uh, my mom would kill me, you know, but she would, there, that's yeah. a, that's an opportunity and that's a possibility for me. Yeah. She already was like, you're not going. And I'm like, you're not <laughs> stopping me. <laughs> so yeah, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of things that I have to do and it's almost overwhelming, but I know that the next step I'm going to take is always going to be, you know, holding this responsibility that I have now that I created for myself to give back and help as many people as I can in my community and my other native communities, just to be able to have kids do what I did. I earned a free education. I'm mm -hmm. playing the game that I love and being able to talk to those schools. I remember listening when I went to native tournaments to other division one athletes. I'm like, that is so cool. Like you actually, mm -hmm. something that you said stuck with me, you know, I grinded harder, et cetera. So I'm definitely pay, like, you know, thinking about my next move all the time and mm -hmm. what I want to do. But so it's always, it's always in the back of your mind. Always. Yeah, for sure. There's not a set plan yet because you know how life gets with even like Corona and season. We don't know what's going to happen going overseas, uh, agents and stuff. So, so you, you don't, I suppose we should leave them with what is do you can you what can you share with us about your upcoming season can you is there any public information that we could know yeah so far we plan to have a season um they're going to try to test us weekly so we're still in our little bubble and um we're going to try our best NCAA is going to try their best to you know get a season going i know a lot of different leagues have pushed theirs back into the spring with other sports but we're going to try for a season and we're going to see how it goes. The Missouri Valley is letting us play non-conference games as well. And that's mm -hmm. beginning the first game for us is November 25th. So we're going to see how that goes. And oh, that's your first game is the 25th. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what well, we've been thinking about. Well, it was great to relive a bunch of memories and just I like I said at the beginning I always forget how uh, remarkable your uh, journey has been and just all that you've accomplished in your short little life that you've had and more importantly what you've been through just to get to where you're at it's something that 
a lot of your struggles. I wouldn't wish on anybody, but some of the successes that you've had, I'd wish everybody could experience because I've got to see them firsthand. And I know that they've been life-changing for you to have people look up to you and be nationally known um, across Indian country and to have that platform. And I'm really excited to see what you do in your career. And I'm excited to like, just continue to support you because I think you have, you've been blessed with a platform, a voice and a, a true meaning in life to help support people, lift people up and, you know, just continue with that Mamba mentality that you've always, you know, been able to showcase to people. But yeah, thank, thank you just you. for, thank you just for being, you know, uh, a glimmer of a, you know, hope for a lot of us to see that our kids can push through, succeed, come back, help, and uh, not see it as such a negative thing to work here and to be in our communities, but rather go get your education and come back and, you know, grind with us to make a better future for our kids. So yeah, thank but, you. Yeah, we appreciate you. And uh, yeah, we'll be back with the next episode. Thanks next for week. tuning in. We'll see you later, guys. Um.